my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Cogill, and today, two new films I'm excited to talk about. In fact, I think both are very strong Oscar contenders. Disney's new animated film, Moana, and The Sad Tearjerker, starring Ben Affleck's brother, Casey Affleck, opposite the great Michelle Williams, and it's called Manchester by the Sea. And I'm Smollier, Haley Hamilton Cogill. If you haven't learned anything about us yet, here's a little bit of insight. We love wine, we love film, and we love Hawaii. Add in our dog, Yoda, and we are pretty much set. So for this beautiful film, our featured film this week, Moana, found the perfect wine, uh, a Napa Valley wine from Hawaiian born and raised uh, owner Dave Sedano. It's called Pono. I think it's, it's, I can't wait to talk about this wine. Also, I wanted, Gary talked about a film a couple weeks ago, Nocturnal Animals, and I hadn't seen it. I've now seen it, and I have found the perfect pairing. I can't wait to to talk about both of these. But first, Gary, let's talk about Moana. Okay, we watched this film together. I am euphoric over this film. I uh, we see a lot of films. I mean, we, we're we're seeing everything now, and we see most of them in advance. But every we've seen a lot of animated films. Listen, this is a good year for animated films. Kubo and the Two Strings and Zootopia and. Uh, the Secret Life of Pets, um, uh, Finding Dory. I think trolls. Mo- trolls. <laughs> Justin Timberlake, Trolls. <laughs> Sing. Sing is coming yeah. out in a few weeks. Uh, but Moana, it, this one touched me more. And listen, we're homers because we love Hawaii. We do. They don't really mention Hawaii in the film. They, no, they, it's, they, it's, it's just a fictitious an island. island. Yes. Yes. It's a very Polynesian culture. Yes. But this is, this is one of the films that makes, I think, my, my heart leap. For all the right reasons, because it's not just a girl power movie. Most of these Disney films are girl power yes. movies. Um, but it's, it's different in that way. This is a, a girl who's different than others. She's Polynesian. She's not, she's, she has a father who uh, wants to keep her on the island. They realize that the island is now becoming more and more, it's falling apart. It's, mm-hmm. it's falling apart ecologically. It's mm-hmm. falling apart in so many different ways. And uh, the only way to really save the island is if somebody go out past the breakers because they've all lived in their own little cocoon, their own bubble for so right. long. And she wants to sail and see what that She's life an adventurer. is. She wants to know what's on that horizon. Yeah. And she goes out there to find Maui, and Maui's a guy. <laughs> Maui's a demigod. Maui's the rock. <laughs> which is different than a demigloss or a demigloss. <laughs> yes. uh, Maui is the rock. It's it's Dwayne Johnson. And I think it's one of the best things he's ever done. It's great. And to find this demigod and bring him back and help save the island. So uh, having said all of those kind of convoluted things and, and storylines, this is really about a very empowering girl who is insecure but not insecure. And she's brave, but she's also afraid. She's like a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And she goes out past the breakers, and what she finds well, and I is, think it's so, also the is sto- amazing. The story of 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 not being an adventurer, of staying where you know her family wants 
wants everyone to stay where they are. And and I think there are, that that's a common theme in, in our world, that that it's easier to kind of stay in, in your own house and not look outside. And it's a safety issue. It, it very, and she, and she, she sees beyond that. And I think both of us have such adventurous spirits and we, we want to embrace and, and seek so much in the world that it, it's, it was really exciting and, and so beautiful. Well, also her education happens when she gets out because she only knows what she's been taught and what she knows on her own Island. And it's a very narrow view of the world. And it's also, uh, it's, it's, I don't know what the word I want is, but it's a very secluded view of the world. And, and the world out there has a lot more knowledge for it. And there's so many things about herself that she'll learn, let alone about the, the way the world works, let alone about, you know, the God of the universe and let alone about ecology and the way the world works. And, and when she ventures out and dares herself a little bit, um, she does amazing things. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think this is the most respectful film about Hawaii that I can remember because I'm trying to think of all the great Hawaiian films, even though they don't mention Hawaii, it's really about that. Yeah. Uh, but it's not, it's not Hawaii, the James Mishner novel. With the, the it wasn't old, Aloha. It wasn't Aloha though, with Bradley I, Cooper. Though we love an Emma Stone, but. But no. I love the descendants, <laughs> yeah. but that's not, that's less about the culture and more about some other things. But but I think it's the most respectful of these. Uh, it's not the surfing movies. Well, and I think because we do, we we have thanks to to friends and time, we have we have learned the importance of 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 the Ina, of the yeah. spirit of the island, and and the the heritage and and the respect that that Native Hawaiians have for their land. And and you're right. I think sometimes in movies, it's kind of made a joke of instead right. of actually really really recognizing it and honoring it. Well, we're on the big island, and you look at Mauna Kea, which is a 14,000-foot mountain, and it's one of four mountains there. Um, when you look at that mountain, you realize that there, it's more than just a mountain, and it means so much internally and spiritually to all the people that live there, especially if you live there for very long. It means a lot. It also protects them from hurricanes. Mm-hmm. But it becomes a, a, it becomes a big part of the culture. And this movie really kind of honors the Aina mm-hmm. more than more than anything I think I've ever mm-hmm. ever seen about Hawaii. There's so many spiritual references in this movie that might not be your spiritual reference, but it's theirs, mm-hmm. and it has great meaning to them. I'm, I want to read something from a column real quick before we get to the wine. But Lindy West is a columnist. She's out of Seattle, and she wrote this in The Guardian. And I'm going to paraphrase real quick because she says some things that that says what I was thinking. But she says, specifically these days, I'm undone by the ostentatious grit of little girls who don't yet know the world is rigged against them and of adults who know full well but forge ahead anyway. Just the sight of a woman being excellent at something, particularly in a field thick with mediocre men, can send me over the edge. Um, I wept helplessly through Star Wars, uh, The Force Awakens, thinking of all the little girls, black and brown people my age who as kids were never told they could be Jedis. Those viral photos of girls dressed as Ghostbusters for Halloween. The U.S. election was difficult. Uh, it's not a hardship, but it really gets to me. I hope these kids who are determined to not just live but thrive, women who are who aren't beaten down by working twice as hard for half the recognition, talented weirdos, girls who want more. Uh, this diverse personal narrative has never been more important than it is to me after this election. In a country where so many are willing to throw away the rights of others for the illusion of safety, storytelling is our most straightforward empathy generator. 
While pundits are mired in recriminations about bubbles, who's out of touch, who's in touch, millions of Americans are casually falling in love with a brown-skinned, athletic, undeniably feminist heroine offering an object lesson about striding out of your bubble and setting right your mistakes. And she says that about Moana. I, to, I, I couldn't say that better. And I, I'm quoting Lindy West, a columnist from The Guardian, who writes out of Seattle. I, I find this moving and adventurous. I think it's the best animated film of the year so far for me. Wow. You know, we still have Sing to come along, but this, this stuff works for me because I think it's on a deeper, richer level than animated films almost ever get. Yeah. And that's something. It's fantastic. I'm so glad you liked it. it I, well, yeah. And, and we did. I think we, as Gary said, we do have a, a very tied connection. Yeah. But it's also just, you're right. And, and bravo, Lindsay West, for, for really understanding the beauty and the power of, of, of this very special film. Kids out there who've never seen somebody like them yeah. now see somebody like them. Yeah. Do extraordinary things. I, I think that's important in our culture, and it's a really important part of storytelling in movies. Well, it's great that exactly that um, that film can be a an avenue and a genre for for expressing yeah. this um, this important conversation. And it's really funny. And it's just and it's, it's charming just, and lovely. Is it one of the most beautiful animated yeah. films I've ever the, seen? The, the colors. And and it because it is uh, you know the very green, lush, tropical, beautiful. Um, and a lot of water that's that's displayed. Um, yeah. Just so so we might have to go watch it again. Yes. Just now I'm now I'm re inspired. But so if we're watching Moana, what what can we drink with it? So I I found this wine and I just love Dave Sedeno so much and his uh, winemaker is Grant Long Jr. in Napa Valley. Um, founded Pono Wines in 2015. Um, very small production, artisan um, producers. Uh, the word Pono has has a meaning that, especially for with this film, is so perfect because it the Hawaiian meaning is that it's a connection to the land, living in harmony, doing the right thing, leaving something leaving something better now than how you found it, um, having righteousness, having fairness, having balance, mm. um, an appreciation for where you are and where you, you want to go. And, that sounds like the movie. And embracing life's journey. <laughs> it's just, it's so perfect. And then uh, within his portfolio of wines, um, they, he has several different um, Napa Valley Cabernets in particular, but his Mana Cabernet is predominantly Cab um, with a little bit of Petit Verdot, a little bit of Merlot, so um, kind of adding, rounding out the the kind of robust, intense Cabernet Sauvignon flavors that we know Napa Valley gives. But Mana means powerful, so it's it's just such a a perfect pairing. Mana, M A N A N A, yes, okay. for this very very powerful, impressive, impressive girl. Wow. Um, I, it's it's you know, and it's big Napa Cab. It's about eighty five dollars. Like I said, very tiny production. You can find it on their website. We'll have a link um, from our website to to the the winery. But I'm just so uh, thanks, Dave, for starting a winery that that will celebrate the the islands of Hawaii as much as we do because it's it seems pretty perfect. You know that when Moana came out, we weren't sure how. Well, the film would do well. Usually, these films this time of year, go yeah, through we, the roof. Disney's, yeah. yeah. I mean, Disney's been, we've talked about this a lot in the show, but Disney's been doing great for the last couple of years. 
But I think it's uh, directed by Ron Clements, and Ron Clements did The Little Mermaid. Oh. And he did Aladdin. This guy's been around Disney for a long time, and he was working on the early stuff. Of course, we see John Lasseter's name on this. Another great, I, I could have yeah. very easily paired one of your wines, John, because, yeah. yes, Lasseter wines from Sonoma are stellar. But he, but he loves that French style, too, doesn't he? He does. He does. But, uh, but, but uh, the, the, movie, the movie, I think, had the second largest opening uh, last weekend. Wonderful. In on Thanksgiving week in history, behind Frozen. Wow. So Frozen, Frozen, I think did another like another girl power. Movie. And I'm I'm throwing out numbers here, and I'm slightly accurate, but I think Frozen opened on Thanksgiving weekend over 91 million, and this did like 82 million, yeah. or 82 or 83 million. So that that's an enormous amount of money for a, a film because when movies about Hawaii come out, they usually don't do very well. But this is a Disney animated film, and and uh, I think in the grand scheme of all these girls we've seen in Disney films. A lot of times they're parentless, but she has a father in this, very strong father. And a very strong grandmother. And a very strong grandmother. But uh, once again, one parent. Well, I, I didn't see the mom anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. I think she was there. She just wasn't a central character. Yeah, that's right. And uh, also there's a, a little pig that we liked a lot. Oh, I loved it, the pig. And there's a, there's and there's a bird. A, there's a goofy bird. Rooster. Yeah, a, a rooster in it. But there's, I, I think Ron Clements makes great films. And we f- forgot to mention that uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda yeah. did all the songs in yeah. it, or did most of the songs in it. And I think he, I think there's an Oscar nomination or two. Yeah. You know, it's going to probably fight it out with La La Land for some of this music later on in the year. But but as an Oscar nomination, when you have Lynn Manuel Miranda around this, and there's kind of a rap. Well, that's if you yeah. if you do see this film, which we we hope you do, and we hope you find this wine. Stay through the credits because during the credits, um, he does a little bit of a of a rap. He does a longer version of one of the songs that's with, in there with his rap, which fully is, which fleshed is great. out. Yeah. I think he's kind of a genius. Oh, I think and fat. Yeah, he's amazing. And when you get, I mean, obviously, I mean, it's, it's life changing when you get him to do your movie music. You know, I mean. That's that's really, really big-time stuff. Anyway, we love the wine, and we love the film Moana. Hey, when we come back on Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, uh, one of the other frontrunners for, well, Best Picture of the Year, I think it's early. We, we haven't fleshed all this out yet. Also along with Best Actor, Casey Affleck, and it's a film called Manchester by the Sea, and we're going to take a second look at Nocturnal, Nocturnal. Animals, because, man, it's one wild, <laughs> difficult film. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Manchester by the Sea is getting a lot of Oscar buzz, rightfully so. It's a fascinating, very watchable film, and it's about grief. Manchester by the Sea uh, stars, or it's written and directed by Kenneth Lonergan. Um, he did a film called, uh, was that You Can Count on Me. That was the film, I think, with Laura Linney a number of years ago. And, uh, and got an Oscar nomination for writing that film. But this one stars Casey Affleck, the great Michelle Wilson, uh, Williams, oh, Kyle yes. Chandler from Friday Night Lights. Isn't, mm-hmm. isn't that where mm-hmm. we first started discovering yeah. Kyle? And he's been in a lot of films. Gretchen Maul, who we like. And the kid is Lucas Hedges, who I think has uh, potential to be nominated for an Oscar. He's the kid in the film. With a small cameo from Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick. <laughs> yeah, he's, it's a little bit bigger than a cameo. Yes, he has a, yes, he has a, you're, you're right, he's in the film. So here's, yes. here's the deal on the film. I don't want to give too much of it away, but you know, the ads kind of say that too, the trailers do. Um, Kyle, you know, Casey Affleck has a brother and the brother dies in the film. And when the brother dies in the film, a lot of this is told in flashbacks before and after and as we go. Um, 
uh, he becomes the, uh, Casey Affleck becomes the legal guardian of his son, and that's played by Lucas Hedges. Um, and he lives in Boston, but they're out in Manchester, and he has to figure out where to raise the kid, or even if he wants to raise the kids, because he's kind of saying, "I don't, I don't, I can't really raise a kid," because Casey Affleck in this story is filled with grief, and he has a reason that we'll never tell you until you see the film. But he has a reason not to want to have. Don't want, want to have a child yeah. or be a parent. He's kind of a hothead. And he's, he's a got, hothead yeah. and he's a mess and he's a loner and he doesn't say much. Mm-mm. And you watch this film and it's kind of a classic, I think it's a classic example of grief and understatement. Some people, when they grieve, just just fly out and they're you, you know they're grieving. Some people, when they grieve, don't say anything. They internalize everything. And they internalize everything. You have to get it out of him and he's that guy. And... And of course, uh, you learn in the film that his, his ex-wife is played by Michelle Williams. And, and who I just think she can do no wrong. Can she? I am so. How in love good with of, her. As an, uh, of an actress is Michelle Williams? She's incredible. She's incredible. I mean, when we start talking about the great actresses of the planet, you list Meryl Streep. But right after that, if you say Michelle Williams, I'll buy into that. Well, I just think that she's still so young. She's That's very what's young. so exciting is that there are. I don't know if I would put her right up there, but she is she is so young and she is doing such impressive work now. We saw her in New York earlier we this did. year. Um, she was with Jeff Daniels and Blackbird, and it was probably one of the most exhaustive performances to watch because every ounce of her she she put every every bit of herself into to that role it's really a two-person play and her and jeff daniels both nominated for tonys it was incredible so we stand backstage uh we we go because we're theater theater freaks and we like to stand by the stage door after shows and michelle williams walks out but it took her a while because she was so exhausted and you could tell she was exhausted and she does that she did that every night on broadway and and but with a with a beautiful smile. So I'm just going to say a couple of Michelle Williams mm-hmm. films: Blue Valentine, Hard. Uh, Martin Scorsese, Shutter Island, uh, My Week with Maryland. Um, but the really great one is Brokeback Mountain, which she was nominated for an Oscar, and then she had the, you know they have a son together with Heath, with Heath the late Ledger. Heath Ledger, mm-hmm. and just to watch her kind of career go. Now she has a big thing coming up uh, next year. She plays uh, Barnum and Bailey. She plays Barnum's wife yeah. in a full-on musical, The Greatest Showman on Earth, with Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. I think I can't wait to see yeah. that. But yeah. she did Cabaret on Broadway, and then of course, uh, I, th- you know, yeah, she was Tony nominated for Blackbird. She didn't. Yeah, win. she didn't win, but she was she was nominated. And what is yes. she back in Dawson's Creek? She was. She was one of the, with with um, um, Katie Holmes and and. Who was Dawson? Yes, oh. but it's kind of interesting to see how I these don't people. Wait for <laughs> to be how she over. got her start, um, and hey, she Dawson, has certainly. You want to come over tonight and hang out? Yeah, with the big girls there. She is yeah. certainly thriving in her career. She is. She's incredible. Okay, all this talk totally is about impressive. Casey Affleck. Uh, I, I think she gets an Oscar nomination. As, as great this. as she is, he is also he, he incredible. Is, he is great, in, and this is one of those movies. The more I think about it, the better he gets. And, 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 and of course he was, uh, nominated for an Oscar for the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, the world's longest title. That's a very long um, title. He was in Gone Baby Gone because he was in his brother's movies, directed by his brother Ben. Um, he directed that Joaquin Phoenix weird documentary so about weird. him as a singer, I'm Still Here, which I'm still trying to get over that. Yes. Uh, but I, I, I think he's one of two or three to beat in the best actor category so far of what I've seen wow. all year. 
when you start listing this stuff out, and we, we have another month of really great films to come, but he's the one that everyone's talking about. And, and, and Manchester by the Sea, Kenneth Lonergan's film is also one. I think if you want to see a film that looks like real life, and sometimes I don't want that. Sometimes I just want a Hollywood movie. Yeah. Some, you know, I want We'll have that next week. We'd, we'll, I can't wait to talk about La La Land <laughs> in, a, in a couple of weeks. But when, when we, real life hurts when you do it accurately and it's understated and it's not real showy. And you put these people in the right situations. You know, um, Matt Damon was supposed to produce this mm-hmm. film and he was going to star in it and, and I think directed and backed out. But Casey Affleck's perfect in it. I, th- I think it should hurt. It's like when you see a war film like Saving Private Ryan. So why did, that should hurt. Why would Matt Damon step away from a role? Because it's such a good role. I don't know. Maybe he had contract to do another Jason Bourne thing. Maybe. I, I don't know that reason other than I think he looked at it and maybe thought he was too old. Yeah. Maybe for that part. Mm-hmm. And looked at Casey and, you know, the, the universe kind of comes together when you want to make a film. Actors come together and they all have other things going on and there's a short window and maybe they just went for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with, with but, a well, and Casey Affleck is so good. He, he is, and I always have trouble because he's not a showy guy. He's no, kind no. of a mumbler and he's kind of he, right. He did what was the film heart, earlier this br- year that heart. we didn't care for. That he, he, <laughs> he was, was in, in that. He was in that. <laughs> the boats cut the in finest half hours or, or was just where the boats cut in half in January, and he was running the ship. Oh, it was just not as a, a film. film where they're all wet the whole time, but nobody's really freezing, <laughs> right. even though it's off the coast of Boston and it should be freezing. Yeah, you know, listen, he's a he's a good actor, and this is the one you want to watch. I mean, if you want to get in on all the Oscar stuff, you have to see Manchester. By the sea, yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking wine here. What do you okay, think? so <laughs> it is. Uh, trying to figure out a pairing for this because we did see it together. Yeah, very what do you hard, do with tragic? Very films? difficult, very tragic, but it does remind me of a very rustic, gritty, tannic, powerful red. So you could certainly say a Tanat, which is a very huh. robust tannic red wine. Or you could say a Xenomavro. And you know I love my Xenomavro. 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 Um, it's a Greek wine. It's from the northern part of Greece um, near Macedonia, in Macedonia. Um, Neosa is the main region for growing Xenomavro. Um, it's it's kind of like a, a Nebbiolo, so the, the main grape of Barolo and Barbaresco. Um, very tannic, very high acid. Um, which actually makes it a great food wine. I love Xenomarro. It's when you do need to either let it um, breathe after you've opened the bottle or or lo- usually when it's released on the shelf, it has aged, it has been aged uh, for a period of time before it's actually released so that um, the tannins have have softened and integrated into the wine a little bit better. But a really great one will have these layers of sun-dried tomato and dried cherry and wild strawberry and this kind of woody herb, like woody rosemary and woody sage kind of herbal notes. Um, and it's just incredible food wine. That it's, sounds like Thanksgiving dinner. It's, it's incredible. Or you th- think if you've got like roasted lamb on your holiday uh, table or uh. if you've got a big old piece of steak then this it's a hearty because that acid the the natural acidity of the of the grape is going to cut through the fattiness of a really rich piece of meat and then that great tannin just gives so much structure and complexity and it's just a really really 
special, beautiful wine. That's also, it's it's one of the indigenous grapes to Greece. So it's one of the oldest varieties in in the world, which just the history of the, of the grape is also pretty interesting. There are a couple producers that I love. Butari is one. It's one of the largest producers in Greece. They have uh, a winery pretty much in every region of Greece and Crete um, and Santorini. So every part, every every nook and cranny that is growing uh, grapes in, in Greece, Butari probably has a property there. Kiriani is another one that is actually uh, uh, related to the Butari family, created his own winery in Neosa. I, I think his wines are actually some of my uh, my favorite from from the, the Neosa region. So. so when you see Zinamavro on a bottle. Yes. Is it but in Greek letters you can't you have well, no idea is, what it and says. And this is kind of the interesting thing as as a lot of these Greek wines kind of try to to expand beyond their their own um, country is a lot of it's all Greek to me. A lot of the Grecians uh, can't agree because the Greek letters how do you translate that into English? And so sometimes um, what how Xenomavro is is actually spelled. It's X, it's not Z. It's X I N O M A V R O. But sometimes instead of X I, it will be X Y. So and then how you pronounce it because they can't agree because they can't agree and, then and they can it, spell it however they want. Yes, and it's and it's it's pronounced with sounding like it's a Z. And it's actually an X. Yeah. So yes, I, I can't explain. I can't. I can't explain why the Greeks do what they do. Just if you go to the Greek section of your wine store and ask for a Xenomavro, or ask for Kiriani, which is K I R Y A N N I, like Yanni. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, or why? Yes, Y I A N N I. I don't want to wait for last. <laughs> okay. Just going back to Dawson's okay. Okay. Anyway. Hey, can we talk about Nocturnal Yes, because I finally got to see this film, and oh my gosh. Did it terrorize you? I, I just, yes. I, I Not as much as I thought it would. Well, and I, it scared I think because me. you, I, you, had, you came home, you, we talked about it, we, right. I knew I was going, I was supposed to be scared. I almost wonder if I had just gone into the theater completely, like, not knowing what we were going to see, and then, like, holy cow, that's what it was. Um but I did really love it. And I think Amy Adams is. I think she, in Arrival and in this film. What a year. I, I would nominate her twice yeah. for yeah. both films. She's great in both of them. But she's an ice queen in Nocturnal Animals. And, and, and she, you know, there, there's, a, there's a lesson to learn from her. She's in, incredible. In this. She's, so, she's so good. Everybody's it's a, good It's in a this great film. year for for females, we we have it finally is. had a really. I know the last few years for for women roles haven't been as strong, and man, mm-hmm. there's some great things. I think it's the best year for women in film that we've we had a really yeah, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But usually the the roles are male dominated. Mm-hmm. Not this year; they're really female dominated. And and we're we're gonna have trouble finding five to six to seven best actor men. Men, yeah. Uh, there's about ten women mm-hmm. that could all fit in here mm-hmm. and do well, and they're all. I mean, a few twice. A few twice. Yes. But I, uh, but I find the film disturbing in 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 that it's a it's a movie. It, it's it's a book within a movie. Yes. It's a story within a story. It's like a play within a, a film. Right. Because she's reading a novel. Right. She's reading it well, and so that her ex husband wrote, has, and they acted out, and they acted out, and it all takes place during a crime spree between Dallas and Marfa on the road. At night, mm-hmm. and it's 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 creepy. It's really Michael Shannon's great it's in this dark movie. and scary. It's dark and scary. But she's sitting down. But she's also then you you really do get all of the Tom Ford influences because yep. she is she's an ice queen. But man, she is beautiful. She, she is, is decked she is out completely. 
um, the 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 st- she styled how how like just the the, the yeah. her clothes, the lighting, the architecture, the the paintings on her walls, like everything is so thought through. Everything in the frame has a reason and a purpose and is beautiful and stylish because that's Tom Ford. Yeah, and then it's dark as the day. It's just dirty and grimy, but also just some of the. How how the scenes were shot and how 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 hands were placed. How he uses nudity, yes, is really interesting and artistic. It might be shocking, yes. But this if is you definitely think an about art it, film. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's, an, it's a true art film. I think it's yeah. one of the ten best films I've seen all year. I, I love this movie. So we in watching this because she does she receives this manuscript from her ex husband at the very beginning of the film. Which made me think of the screenplay red wine that we um, screenplay have used a few. We have we have enjoyed a few times. Yes. It's uh, from the Moffat family in Napa Valley, and basically, it's because like a a screenplay, every wine tells a story, and it's the it's the layers and the intricacies and the the every element, every 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 bit of work that goes into making a bottle of wine is just is the care and the passion and the dedication that you need to write All a story. All those things blended in. Absolutely. I mean you it's a blend. It's a blend of and and just like a great stream screenplay it's these characters have to blend. Yeah. And if one of them jumps out more than the other, it doesn't really work. It's it's really a, a, about those layers. I find it intriguing. St- Screenplay, <laughs> screenplay. <laughs> while watching nocturnal animals. Yes, man, sneak it. I would say sneak it into the theater. Yes, go go sneak it into your your movie theater. Because and it's you, a great. It is. It's a great cab blend um, from Napa Valley. Uh, a little bit of Syrah in there also, which is a little bit different for um, typical Bordeaux blends because that's a Rhone variety. So it adds is this a, little, a big fat red. Adds a little smoky spicy. Smoky. Okay. Um, it is. It's a big hearty Napa cab. Yeah. Um, Chewy. Sure. What, what what's chewy? Chewy chewy tannins, like it's very tannic oh, okay. and astringent. You know, you kind of like like you almost it's it's not like you're you're chewing tobacco, but it just right. has a lot of texture and a lot of richness. Well, I like that word because if I'm reading something that I really love, I chew on it. Oh, and that's that's my analogy. It's why you can really chew on this because yeah. it's so good and so. So deep and good. Hey, good job. Isn't oh, I just yes. We're, we're talking about good films this these time are, of year. It's good, good stuff. Lines. I don't know what we're going to talk about in January, but right oh. now we're doing good. Halfway through January, we'll start we'll really have... getting some stinkers. But <laughs> we're we're good for another month, month and a half. Next week on Wine and Film: A Perfect Pairing, more Academy Award contenders arriving, including the brilliant independent film called Moonlight. And also, one of our favorite actresses on the planet, Jessica Chastain, has a new film. Another great woman role. Another great woman role. She plays a Washington lobbyist, and she's a tough cookie in this one. It's called Miss Sloan. And, of course, Haley will just be back from drinking wine in Uruguay. (laughs) Seriously? (laughs) Tomorrow, on a plane to Uruguay. You're off to Uruguay. Yes. uh, Bodega Garzon, uh, a winery and olive oil producer in in Uruguay, is... Flying down and and going to taste through uh, their their 
Bodega Garzon wines, as well as other wines within uh, their portfolio, taste some delicious olive oil. And Francis Malman, the sh- very well-known chef in the region, but he was also one of the sh- featured chefs on the Chef's Table Chef's series. Chef's Table on Netflix, love, yeah. Is their kind of culinary um, ambassador. And Are you going to see him? We're having dinner at his house in the mountains with him. Get I am over so yourself. Get over yes. your wine and film cell. So I land at 9 a.m. and we will be on the podcast shortly thereafter. <laughs> Is that great? And you'll be sleep drunk Can't with wait. so many good stories. Yes, but yeah. for, for more on all the wines and films we talked about today, please check out our blog on cogillconsulting.com or through Facebook, and be sure to follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill. And to see what we're drinking now, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas Uncorked and Red Wine with Breakfast. And with that, I'm Gary Cogill, and as usual, I'm looking for the next great film. And I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 